Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I could barely get that out. Am I that out of shape? I'm not in Colorado anymore. I am uh, dreaming about the popcorn I had when I saw Shang-Chi, and it was delicious, and so was the film. It was fantastic, and I'm thrilled about it. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say is that I'm Carly Wiesel, and I will be in Walt Disney World this month, the end of this month, technically, for its 50th anniversary. And oh my gosh, it is so much to process. As I shared on Instagram, I'm uh, doing as I do and not as I say, because I'm taking it real easy peasy. Save for the work-related media type things, and of course, burying my one true love of happily ever after the nighttime show at Magic Kingdom. Oh my god, letting it sleep, it's hopefully not eternal sleep. Please bring it back, please. I'm keeping things just generally open-ended, and I'm feeling really great about it. I Granted, I should um, figure out my hotel reservation situation, because uh, I don't know where I'm staying, and I have four reservations that are all cancelable, but anyway, I am happy to be flexible and happy to go into it with a little bit of cushion on all ends. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how I'll feel being in Florida. I haven't been in a theme park queue that wasn't socially distanced ever since before the pandemic, and I've never been on a Disney attraction where masks weren't required. So I'm just giving myself enough space and ease to just do my work, feel comfy while doing it, and I can't wait to be back at it after what feels like forever. But Enough about me, because today we are talking about someone much more important. Duffy and Friends and their latest gal pal, Lena Bell. You'll soon find out all about this floofy fox who loves to solve mysteries. A real law and order nut, if you ask me. Just kidding. As regulars know, they're essentially their brains are the age of children, so they should not know who Olivia Benson is. And if they do, that's not good. But you will, more importantly, soon hear from familiar Duffy and Friends friends. Friends of Duffy and Friends. You, you know who I'm talking about. It's Charlie and Eva. I'm so excited that they are back. So get amped. I was promised some juicy news about this new character in the larger Duffy universe, and they delivered. I cannot wait to tell you this information quite literally the day it breaks publicly. Ah! Oh, the Duffy exclusive. I love it so much. I'll say it about 20 times in this episode, but I do not know what I did right in my life to bring me to a point where I get the, what the exclusive-ish first interview with the team running the show at Duffy and Friends HQ, but I'm so thankful for all of it, and I cannot wait to introduce this wonderful new character to all of you today. Okay, no more gabbing, no more TV recommendations, no more discussing my hotel mess that I've not taken care of yet. We are getting right into it. So stick around after this commercial break for the latest and greatest news and some very surprising reveals within the Duffy universe. another season of the Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find the Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. week, people. As you know by now, we got the Duffy Dream Team back together. Clearly, my ill will towards Olumel has not prevented me from further career opportunities. <laughs> Thank goodness. 
So I have fully learned the error of my ways, and we are now back in with the in crowd when it comes to this franchise I am fully and completely obsessed with. Now, before we get into it, for anyone who is unwillingly sitting beside a spouse, parent, or friend in a car or home right now wondering what on earth this faceless woman is yapping about, let me recap for you. Duffy and Friends are a collection of characters that have risen to massive popularity on par with that of Mickey Mouse and the gang. They were introduced in America a long, long time ago where we foolishly generally didn't really care about them. And then they were brought to Tokyo Disney Sea where they just did gangbusters level business. They now have huge, I'm not kidding, huge fan bases at Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, and yes, even Aulani in Hawaii, where the glorious Olumel was first introduced. We did a remarkable episode earlier this year where I was able to ask all of my burning questions about these no longer so obscure characters directly to the folks in charge of them. And we collectively discovered that they stand for so much more than you or I could have ever imagined. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I highly, highly recommend starting there with our May 19th, 2021 episode called The One About Duffy and Friends for a real primer on what their deal is. But if you're already up to date with our cuddly buds, have I got some good news for you. With a new friend, Lena Bell, arriving today. Today is her literal birthday. This would be as though we were on like the hospital visitation list for a friend who just gave birth. We are in. We are on the inside track with this new pal. And I'm here to give you the a semi-exclusive. I truly don't know. I'm recording this at a time where this news is not public yet. So I I don't I just assume that we have the the inside track on it, sure, of the latest and greatest member of the Duffy and Friends gang. Does this make me kind of like a Larry King for Disney's best slightly obscure characters? I think so. Like Kind of. There's an argument to be made. I'll take it. Dude had some great looks over the years. I wish I could interview them directly, honestly, but alas, they don't really speak, which we covered last time, which makes a podcast format difficult. But, but, we have Duffy and Friends' proverbial birth parents, Charlie Watanabe, senior story editor at Walt Disney Imagineering, and Eva Lee, manager of content planning at Walt Disney Imagineering, back once again, who did me the great service of introducing me to this brand new friend of Duffy in advance of today's news. It's kind of like they're predicting the future that they knew when she would be born, you know, kind of in a way. But yes, I have been sitting on this news for a week. Can you even believe it? Can you believe I can keep this level of secret? Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to share this with you. And if you want to know how I feel about Lena Bell, well, I just so happen to have recorded my reaction. Roll the tape. Hello. Hi. Hey. Ah! <laughs> so this is the name of our new friend, oh Lena Bell. She's real. She is She's real. real. <laughs> um, and I will share with you how Lena Bell and Death met. So that's Lena Bell. Oh my God. I love her. I don't even know her and I love her. Oh, Here's her with the friends. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, we have so much to talk about. 
And boy, do we. Lena Bell, the brand new Duffy and Friends character, is slightly different from the others. While Gelatoni likes to paint and Cookie Ann likes to cook, Lena Bell, as you'll soon hear, has completely different interests. She's out in the forest, she's looking for clues, and that leads to totally new personality traits that the greater Duffy universe has heretofore not seen. And as you know, Charlie, there's a lot more meaning behind this character than is at the surface. As you'll hear later on in the interview, I was somewhat flummoxed to have been clued into a brand new character. It really startled me because, well, you've all seen Lena Bell by now, and if you haven't, links are in the show notes at the ready. I did not know what to expect, and the moment I saw her, I just recognized her as being a friend of Duffy's, even if I hadn't yet heard her story. If you haven't heard Lena Bell's origin story, to bring you up to speed, here's Charlie. So one day, Duffy was out exploring near a forest with Mickey looking for orchids. And a group of butterflies fly by. Both of them got fascinated by different butterflies. And so Duffy follows one particular butterfly into the forest. Later, he realized that he got lost in the forest. He was getting scared because it's dark in the forest. And then a fox passes by and asks, what's wrong? Duffy answers, I am lost and can't get back to my friend. The fox masterfully takes out her magnifying glass and starts examining him. At this point, Duffy's confused. Duff, uh, the fox continues, hmm, sticky seed, butterfly, orchid. So she sees them through her magnifying glass. And she goes, got it. I can bring you back to your friend. Duffy's really excited and smiles. And the fox introduces herself. I am Lena Bell. I love solving mysteries. On their way back to Mickey, Duffy learns a lot about Lena Bell. And finally, reunited, um, getting reunited with Mickey, Duffy proudly introduces her to Mickey. And he says, she's really smart. And as a sign of appreciation, he gives her an orchid. That's why she wears an orchid. Incredible. And yeah, that full-length story, Charlie, the all-powerful Duffy and Friends mastermind behind these instantly lovable yet extremely symbolic characters, told me that it's not on the hang tag. That's a little bit of a story exclusive for very amusing listeners. A clue of her own left right here in the podcast. Ah, I love it. Lena Bell, the newest character, is exclusive to Shanghai Disney Resort upon launch. Don't hate me, I know. And might not make her way towards us for a bit of time. We'll get into that later in the interview, as well as the surprising parallels between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Duffy and Friends. It was a shock to me, and I expect it to be just as much of a shock to you. Either way, if you've ever wondered how much hard work goes into creating something like this, or just, you know, want to hear me fully goof upon forgetting that these fluffy creatures aren't actually animals, oh, pandemic brain, you're gonna love this one. It's so wonderful to talk to Charlie and Eva once again about this fantastic world of Duffy and Friends. So let's get right into it and discuss the one and only Lena Bell. Welcome back to Very Amusing. I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have just seen Lena Bell with my own eyes. She has the magic of Duffy and Friends, but she's brand new and I didn't know her until now. How does that happen? So 
whenever we uh, try to come up with a new friend, we start with the personality, talent, and you know how this friend fits with uh, everybody else that all the fans love, right? And this time, we want to bring bring in a friend who is smart and who loves to solve mysteries, um, who is keen on finding clues and uh so that's how we came up with this uh new friend and we also uh want to make sure that she kind of uh, uh it, it is a friend who lives in a forest and who's a little bit athletic because um you know this friend would uh, jump from a place to another right You're looking for clues and um so so there you have it i mean this is our new friend who is a fox anyway so that's that's who she is Oh my gosh. I it took me a second to realize that Lena Bell was new just because her face was so instantly recognizable. Uh, from a de- design perspective, how do you approach that? Because I instantly knew who she was and who she's associated with without knowing anything else, which I don't think you can really say for any other family of Disney characters. That's a good point. Actually, when we come up with the design of a new friend, obviously we look at other friends too and see, because we really uh, try to make sure that there's unity among the friends. As you know, Carly, very well, the Duffin friends, right? It's all about friendship and collaboration and unity, right? Harmony. And so just like uh, Duffin friends stories go, uh, there's gotta be some kind of unity and collaboration and in design as well. And for both of you, I'd love to know, um, what is it like to introduce a new character who has such a different personality, skill set? I don't want to call it a hobby because I know they are young children age, so they're not out here hustling. But like, what is it like to have a character be introduced who does something a little more abstract than dancing or painting, kind of things that most people are familiar with doing? That's a very good point. But I think um, <laughs> probably many of your listeners are, you know, uh, well versed in the world of Duffy and Friends, and then um, is probably many of you know that there's actually a lot of a uh, deep, you know, philosophical um, things that we want to convey through Duffy and Friends, right? So this time, the most fundamental reason that we chose that she should be like a detective is that that we believe this Lena Bell. Um, friend can shed light on how we solve the problems we face in our daily lives. And when we feel like we're faced with a problem, we often lose sight of all the clues that can lead to a solution or solutions, right? But those clues can be right in front of our eyes. But when we're caught up in the problem, we stop seeing them. We can all learn from Lee Nobel that if we take out our mental or in a sort of physical magnifying glass like she does, um, and then maybe important clues to your problem may be sitting right next to you. And then, and then that can be the most um, amazing thing. And the clues can be really banal things that you don't usually think about. Or the clues can be your friends or family. You never know. Oh, my God. Uh, truly to get more Charlieisms is just a, a gift. I don't know if I, I told you this, but multiple people reached out to let me know they cried from the last episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's so lovely to see this new character and to know there's so much thought that goes into it. It's a lot of fun introducing a new character because, you know, I'm one of the really fortunate people that get to take all of what's in Charlie's mind and all the stories that he writes and creates and does with such thoughtfulness, right? And share them with, with our partners and our sites and get to, to teach them um, and, and sort of advocate for this character and then think about what are the new ways we can bring them to life, right? That are different. It's a really unique property, like Charlie talked about. We look and design for unity, but we also want to make sure that they're differentiated from one another in terms of characteristics, whether that's physical or personality. So having a lot of fun with Lena Bell because she can be really active and outdoorsy and even something as simple as what outfits does she wear, right? We're used to putting a lot of our, our female characters in, in dresses, and but she's out there. She's looking for the clues. She's getting her hands dirty. Um, so what if she's not in a dress outdoors, right? What if she's in some pants, <laughs> big aha, right? Pants or, or maybe a skirt. So it's been a lot of fun really developing and designing for her. That must be so nice, especially because now we're past the point of a half dozen characters. And now, now that there are all of these established storylines and personalities, you can really expand upon that to do new things. Is that exciting? Is that scary? Is that a, a mix of both? I'd love to know on both of your ends, having worked with so many of the characters. From my perspective, it is actually quite challenging, to be honest, because I think, as Eva said, I am so obsessed with this idea of bringing something bigger than just cuteness to the world through Duffy and Friends, because I see so much potential in these friends. Right. So I think I would be so irresponsible to bring in something that's just simply cute when there is so much potential. And um, another thing that's kind of challenging is, as just like as Eva said, you know, we want to, all the friends to complement each other. Just like us humans, nobody's perfect. Right. So there are some strengths and weaknesses. And then some people are better at something and, and that I'm not good at. Because we have to think, it's almost like a math, right? Duffy's like this, Jeldren's like this. And then so there's this like mini math equations in a sense so that you can bring it in this perfect friend who complements all the rest of the friends. And so, yeah, it's, it's a daunting task, but we're so, so happy with Lena Bell because we're able to accomplish so much um, thanks to our sort of a painstaking effort, I guess. Yeah, I will say it's both. Like Charlie says, you know, it, it gives us a larger canvas to paint on or more characters to play with and create, you know, wonderful stories with. Um, but now that we do have seven characters, the time that you can sort of dedicate to each or a lot to each in a story, right? And can be shorter. So I think we work in really close partnership with our sites that we're really thoughtful in our approach and making sure that just because there's more of them, the quality of the stories shouldn't decrease because of the quantity of the characters. And it's, it's a very delicate balance. Start to finish, how long does it take to ideate something like Lena Bell? Oh, man, I think Lena Bell probably start to finish has been 
two to three years, maybe. I would say three. Three, yeah. yeah I think it's probably three. on the, the longer side. Mm-hmm. Conversations start very early. It's a fairly lengthy process. To Charlie's point, you know, there's obviously creative logistics of figuring out what this character is, what they add to the group, figuring out the type of form they take on, and then there's the whole business side of things, right? The checkpoints, the product development, everything that comes along with launching a character. So yeah, I would say probably three years. It's just such a testament to how hard you both work that there's the character that I have spent three seconds looking at and I'm already like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Lena Bell. I like know her whole life story. I know what she stands for. I know what she's interested in. Like we can go on adventures wearing pants. I just know so much about her. And there's no other characters that exist that are introduced as robustly as this. It's so clear (laughs) how much work you put into these creations. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yes, we really try hard to make sure that the fans find our friends extremely endearing, but at the same time, inspiring. As someone who has um, formally apologized and uh, changed her opinion on a certain character that uh, we don't have to bring up, it's totally fine. When you release a new character, do you just do you hope the reception is the same as it has been for all the other ones? Because they've all been released to such fanfare among the, the passionate Duffy and Friends crowd. I mean, yeah, of course, right? It's it's the pride we have with these characters is like any project in some ways that Imagineering delivers, right? We want guests to be happy. We want them to, we just want to bring joy into their lives. And, and Duffy's is no different than a ride that we built for one of our sites. So yes, of course, we hope that she's embraced. We hope that they understand her story. You know, I, I think that's a big part of why we create these characters you know it's not just to make wonderful wonderful product right it's to share these stories and to give our guests who step into our parks something different from what they might see outside of the parks and really encapsulate that experience and that sort of that symbolism of going to a park and into the set of characters so yes our hope is always that the fans embrace them that they that or maybe someone who wasn't drawn to the friends before might see something in lena bell that right is is very relatable to to themselves and might draw them in and there's some component of that with the friends right we we definitely want to make sure that they feel real and they you know in in the traits that they bring to the group and in the stories that we tell I find it so interesting that Lena Bell is a fox because I feel like foxes tend to have this sort of cunning, sly persona. And here is one that stands for the opposite, truly helping a stranger with no ulterior motive. Uh, Was that intentional or did it just kind of the stars align that it ended up, Lena Bell ended up being a fox? Well, this is an important point, but they are not the actual animals. If you remember, they're plush toys, right? So they come to life, right, in Mickey's imagination or in our imagination, but they don't necessarily behave like a fox all the time. I mean, you know, um, Gelatoni is a cat, but he doesn't really act like a cat. You know, he doesn't 
of a male or he doesn't purr, you know. And so it's the more like the overall inspiration we get from that particular kind of animal, but they're not really those animals. And so, yes, I understand that some people think that a fox can be, it has the, the people's concept, right? That, that they're cunning and all that. But I'm sure if you ask a real fox, it's like, I'm insulted. Why do you think I am cunning? Right? You've never asked a fox whether they are cunning. So anyway, well, what would so the fox say, Charlie? <laughs> exactly, what would the fox say, right? So anyway, um, I think we, we just get inspiration from these um, animal types. That's it. Oh my gosh. It's so fascinating because Lena Bell is very clearly her own character and yet fits so well within the robust half dozen other characters that exist. It's uh, it's an art form. I'm blown away every time. Because this character is exclusive to Shanghai, which is a park many people are unable to visit right now, will there be any other opportunity online, digitally, globally for other Disney fans to get involved either through merchandise or media or anything like that? Our sites that are not Shanghai will be welcoming Lena Bell in autumn of 22. So for those who can't visit Shanghai this year, hopefully there will be opportunities for them to physically see Lena Bell in different parts of the world. Is there anything that people like me can do to persuade people to bring Duffy and friends, I don't know, to Walt Disney World? The question that's burning for all of us. I think, Carly, you are playing a very important part in it and your fans you know all the fans who have been writing to our social media are so encouraging there's so many people want and different friends back in the u.s i think those voices mean a lot what i'm hoping for though is for example if they come back to the u.s and then carly or other fans go to some of the parks and then see them and then i'm hoping that you see them differently now that you know their stories backgrounds, their relationships, which you didn't know probably, most likely before. And so I think my hope is that when fans see them next time, they will go like, oh my goodness, I feel like I know you so much better. And I think I love you so much deeper, much deeper, because I know who you are. Just like kind of weird that when you meet someone, like for the first time, you go like, okay, this is a person. Then you learn this person's name. You get to know the person better or deeply. You might fall in love with the person. You might become this person's best friend. That's how human relationships develop. And so maybe you're first attracted to some good looking person, but then that's just on the surface. As you get to know the person, if this really cute friend turns out to be, has an endearing personality, then you have to love this friend much more deeply than before. And that's what I'm hoping that everybody will experience now that they know their stories and their personalities better. I'd love to know from each of you, what what speaks to you most about Lena Bell? What are you most excited about with this character? I mean, three years of creating her. Oh my God, like what part of it is most special to each of you? This is the first character I've worked on from beginning to end. I think Charlie has a lot more history with this property. So to see that whole process, she is so special because of that. She also bears a little bit of resemblance to my dog, those big ears. So I think um, her ears, her tail, some of her like 
physical attributes that really set her apart, I think are just going to be so iconic and just so I think guests will really love her. So yeah, for me, it's like I said, it's like delivering a, a project, right? And launching her into the world. So she's going to be a really, really special one for me, just because I've been along for this particular part of the journey. For me, I think each friend actually has a very special, the unique quality that I personally identify with. For Gelatoni, he sees beauty in everything. And that's something that I strive to do. And also, Stella Lou is hardworking. He never, or she never gives up, right? And then that's a part of me that I really admire. And then I want to be like her. With Lena Bell, I feel that um, actually to reveal a little bit about myself, I used to be a college professor. And oh, so, oh, we know. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Okay, you know. <laughs> I mean, just he's like, I'm just sitting here wrapped, just, just, just can't get enough of this. It's like, yeah, you've got some lecture experience. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. Oh, but- it's a one. Are you kidding me? This is like my favorite thing in the world is to hear you talk about these characters. I would pay admission for this. Please don't make me, but I would. So anyway, so as you have learned today that Lena Bell loves to learn. Um, she's quite knowledgeable about the forest and many things about nature. And that's a fascinating part to me. And it's such an important part of me. And I feel that it should be an important part for everybody that we need to we kind of realize that we don't know very much and then so i think i believe in the importance of learning new things and so lena bell represents that and symbolizes that and that's a one part of lena bell that really speaks to me i know before you mentioned that they kind of there's both sides to the coin they have some skills and they don't have other ones do you also reflect your own truths through that yes i do i think you know, first I was speaking of Gelatoni. I mean, he sees beauty in everything and he sees with, uh, with his heart, right? Can I always do that? Probably not, right? That's something that I wish I could do all the time, but not every time. Instead of just believing everything you hear, Lena Bell will take out her magnifying glass and examines what's really out there, what the clues are, and so that she can come up with the right solution. Can I do that all the time? Probably not. I probably sometimes forget to take out my magnifying glass and, you know, examine what's really out there. I just believe what my eyes see. And then I have to stop myself and think like, wait, I need to take out my mental magnifying glass and then see what's really out there so that I can find the right solution. I love these characters so much. What I would do to just have a theme park attraction where I could just be in a dark ride with them. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Um, I That's mostly all I have. I don't want to go. But I guess uh, just to wrap it up, well, those of us in America who I know are listening to this and obsessed with this character, are we going to see more like digital shorts? Are we going to be able to see any version of them all acting together? Because for me personally, now as an instant Lena Bell fan, I want to see how the seven of these people interact because that's more than the cast of friends like you got you got a whole group going now and like will there ever be a situation where they pair off into different groups where people's different personality types align to make i don't i don't know what the opposite of a click is the positive version of it but will we ever see you know a little shelly gelatoni lena hang what can those of us who are desperate for more do 
Absolutely. I think it's in our plans to tell more stories, right? Some will feature, I think, all of the characters, all seven friends, but there's also a lot of value in creating smaller stories with a smaller set of characters. And Charlie actually has this entire roadmap, like one of those crazy, you know, charts with like how Lena Bell interacts with this character and how this character interacts with Lena Bell and what they bring out in each other. And like that all exists in in the documents that we share with our sites just so they really know how they play off one another and so yes there's plans to like i said share more content tell more stories when those stories come to life you know we're still determining and how they come to life and which characters we feature but definitely more to come I can't believe I thought that Marvel was the franchise where it was like, oh, we got a lot of characters whose stories are intersecting. No, I, I want to see this, this link of just how, oh my God, there's just a map of like, like does Gelatoni vibe with Cookie Ann? What? Yes, between every character, actually. They, yes, I have written out, you know, like Duffy and then, for example, Gelatoni or Shelly Mae and Stella Lou and how they complement each other, how they help each other out, and then how each one is impressed or admires about the other, how they help each other. Yep. That's very important in coming up. I mean, this is probably part of one of your first questions, like how do you come up with a new friend, right? And then because you need to be able to do the math <laughs> with every single existing friend. And then, because you need to be able to say that, yes, this friend would complement the other character in this way, and therefore this works. And like, then, so it has to work in every direction. I mean, I'm out here real hive-minding. Like, are we going to see Olu play music and then Stella Lou will be dancing to it? Like, is this going to happen? Yes, it can very much happen. Okay, I won't I won't make you break any embargoes or tell me any other secrets. But thank you so much for talking to me about Lena Bell. Thank you so much for introducing Lena Bell to the world because I think you've done something amazing for the human race today. Charlie. Again, they don't need Walt Disney quotes on the construction walls. They just need Charlieisms. <laughs> I fully support that. But yes, thank you so much, Carly, for being such a champion for our little set of characters and sharing them with the world. Of course. And thank you for letting me come back into the fold after my Olu-based mistakes. You know what? Everybody makes mistakes. And then that's how they become better. And so I totally appreciate mistakes in my life too, because they always give us an opportunity to learn new things. And in most cases, you know what, when you think you've made a mistake, the mistakes actually take you to a better place because you learn something from it. I mean, (laughs) it took me to a better place where now I can appreciate all seven of them. Exactly. uttered the words genie plus knows firsthand that vacations require time money planning energy and if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with framebridge put that vintage epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room 
FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with Framebridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of Framebridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. Framebridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Carly, this is Betty, and next to me, my crush is my husband, Chris, from Philadelphia. We have a question in that we're headed to Florida in November for my birthday. We've got to have three options. One is a trip Epcot, one is Universal, and the other is maybe Disney Springs. We don't know which one would be the best based on, you know, the COVID and all of that stuff, and we would love your opinion. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. And from one Jewish woman to another... Our mothers are identical. Bye. Okay. So for a big birthday celebration, I'm just going to give you options at each three. I can't decide. I know you can't decide. I'm probably not helping by doing that. But I love planning and just want to tell you where to go and what to do so you have a wonderful birthday night. So uh, take it or leave it. I tailored them to be a bit more like safer pandemic era options. So uh, feel free to choose whichever you prefer. My first choice, I'm going to be real with you, is Disney Springs. I would recommend a early dinner at Wine Bar George, and I would actually call the restaurant in advance to request a seat outside on the upstairs balcony. I'd then end the night by grabbing Gideon's. Uh, Be sure to put your name in before dinner to get in the virtual queue because it can be a few hours out. And if that doesn't happen, get a mini cake at Amaret's Patisserie and then head to the beach at the Polynesian Village Resort to watch fireworks in the electrical water pageant. I did that for a birthday a couple years ago, and I got Gideon's cookies Back when they didn't have a Disney location, I went and rented a car and drove there <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> Listen, I love a good cookie. Uh, and I brought them all to the beach and it was fabulous. So I highly recommend that. Now, 
If you choose to do Epcot, I would kind of go all in on the France Pavilion. That spot is going to be hopping for the next few months because of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which officially opens October 1st. So it'll feel lively to go over there for a you know a special celebration. I'd probably do dinner at Chefs de France and then go watch Harmonious, which is the forthcoming nighttime show, debuts October 1 as well, from the bridge right outside the France Pavilion. It's a vantage point I actually haven't seen a nighttime show yet. From yet? I don't think. I'm trying to think. I think I've seen it a little to the right through a tree, which because I'm I'm not willing to stand away for a spot ever, but I've never watched it from the bridge. However, I checked and All Ears recommends it. So that is your easiest viewing location if you pop out right after dinner and your meal ends right around the time of the show. Now, if you want to stay fully outdoors due to any risks incurred from indoor dining, I have some alternate suggestions. I'd probably do Spice Road Table and sit outdoors with a late reservation that l- runs through Harmonious. You can take it all in at once from your seat. Or I would actually put a pin in it and stay tuned to Swan Reserve. It's about a 10-15 minute walk from the World Showcase's International Gateway, and their rooftop restaurant does seem to boast nighttime entertainment views. But it's not yet open, and it it might not be open by November since the hotel itself was just delayed into October, which is a total bummer because I was hoping to stay there, yada, yada, yada. That's my own problem. I would just keep an eye on that and check back closer to your birthday to see what is happening on the top floor of Swan Reserve. Now, if you choose to do Universal, honestly, it's a bit lawless there right now since they quite literally have no COVID restrictions in place except for hand sanitizer. I don't know. But if you're comfortable with that, I'd probably hit either of the parks, Wizarding World at either, and E.T. Adventure at Universal Studios Florida does it for me, but Velocicoaster at Islands of Adventure is worth going for alone. It's so good. And I'd end the day with Toothsome Chocolate Factory for dinner, since a birthday gives you all the right to indulge in as much chocolate as you please. I hope that was helpful. I I hope I didn't just uh, sell you on a three-day vacation instead of one one night birthday celebration. But either way, I hope you have the best birthday ever and enjoy all the yummies for me. Hi, Carly. My name's Maisie, and I have something to confess. Considering that I have not never grown up on the Muppets, um, I'm completely new to the Muppets. And I want your opinion on where I should start and what your top five favorite Muppets films are. I had to confess this because I feel like it's inexcusable for me to be my age and not ever have seen a Muppets film. So please let me know what, where I should start and what I should watch. Thanks. Yes, I am happy to give you an assignment of what to watch to fall in love with the Muppets. Also, there's no need to be ashamed. We didn't have this much content available at our fingertips growing up. So don't even worry about it. It's completely fine. Now is the time to soak in all things Muppets. So I'm going to outline what I think is a healthy Muppety primer to watch in order to kind of get the gist for the entire franchise as a whole. We begin with Muppets Take Manhattan. It's got everything. Costumes that emulate chic graph paper, a downtrodden Kermit riding an elevator to the top of the Empire State Building, and a glorious wedding that I'm still kicking myself for not turning my own wedding into. 
What I think is best about this one, though, is that the film begins with them all as one unit, which I think will help solidify them as a whole before we dive into their individual characteristics and their solo journeys. This one is available through IMDb TV, which I guess is free and has a few ads. Really not that many, to be honest. But you can also get it through Amazon Prime, through IMDb TV. So just go to Amazon Prime and and just search it and it'll pop up. Now, Once you have an appreciation for how it all began, I'd recommend jumping all the way forward to 2011's The Muppets, starring Jason Segel and Amy Adams. Also, everything from here on out is on Disney+. IMDb TV is the only one for Muppets Take Manhattan. Everything else, Disney+. Easy peasy. Now, some people may drag me for listing this one second, but I think it'll be helpful to see the biggest current Disney Muppets project juxtaposed against something from the earlier eras. The characters kind of change over time a bit. The joke styles change. And if you don't warm to Walter, don't worry. I did not like him either. It's fine. It's totally fine. I just think the goal here is to see modern day Muppets right after you see old school Muppets. Now, That is a lot of trying to stage a show plot line back to back. So I do the Muppet movie next. It's an absolute classic with loads of road trip shenanigans, silly gags, things like that. And I know that some people are probably going to flip it this order and likely think this should be first. But I disagree. I think for a first timer, Muppets Take Manhattan is much easier to grasp onto strictly for its setting. And while there are glorious moments in this film, I don't love the top level theme of it. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to say what the overarching issue is throughout the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but I don't love it as much as a whole as I do Muppets Take Manhattan. This one does have the world's best last 45 seconds of a film ever. Oof, it's perfect. It's incredible. Do not do not think the film is ending and you're going to turn it off before the credits. No, no, no. Be sure to stick around. From here, I'd actually pause on the movies and watch an episode or two of the TV shows just to get the gist, again, to get a full spectrum of Muppets education. I do an episode of The Muppet Show, and because I'm not really an expert when it comes to those, I'll pull from a Palomine Garrett Martin's list over at Paste, whose top five includes the first episode with Rita Moreno, season two's with Steve Martin, season three with Loretta Lynn, season four's Dizzy Gillespie, and season five, Carol Burnett. Then I'd jump straight ahead and watch an episode of ABC's ill-fated show, The Muppets. Same title as the movies. Like, it gets so confusing when you're searching on Disney Plus and see the same characters in the same titles. But this one will say ABC. You'll see the little logo, The Muppets, which it's an office parody, which I was obsessed with when it was on air. But uh, nobody else was. It got canceled. <laughs> I'd recommend season one, episode one, just to get the gist of what everyone's job is in this bizarro late night show setup. But I don't I don't know. Some of the plot lines go sideways in the episodes. Uh, Kermit has this girlfriend who's also a pig and it's not Miss Piggy. And I really don't like that. But the celebrity cameos are so good. So I would probably recommend either the episode with Reese Witherspoon. I believe that's the fifth one or episode 11, which has some great cameos. I will not spoil and some super fun antics. And then once you made it this far on your Muppety journey, I would recommend to finish either Muppets Christmas Carol or Muppets Treasure Island. Now, I grew up without the former, which is many people's favorite Muppet movie, but I survived. And the key takeaway here is that you just want to see them in a fun, different themed environment. Now that you know and love these characters, which you surely will, I promise you, I promise you. So being able to see them do something slightly left of normal in either a Christmas setting or the Treasure Island setting will be perfect. And by this point, You'll be a Muppets expert, so welcome to the club. Hope that helps, and please let me know what you enjoyed most.
Hi, Carly. This is Mallory. I am currently walking around the Epcot area resorts at Disney World, and I keep on noticing these signs. They are about a basketball size. They're white. They've got black printed letters on them that are wearing little Mickey ears. And I've noticed them at other resorts, and I have no idea what they're for. I asked the cast member once, and they said, oh, I didn't know. So can you solve this mystery for us? Thanks. Bye. Okay, so I asked some very knowledgeable sources, and we all concur as to what we think this is, which is kind of nothing. We're pretty sure everyone individually thought the same thing, that this is some sort of signal for special events or corporate events or some kind of event that we don't have access to, where it lets them know their next destination or keeps people moving along the way to something specific without alerting the general guest population as to what is happening. That's what I think this is. If I hear anything else, I will let you know. But I I don't. I I don't think it's sadly anything fun as much as I was really hoping to find some underground scavenger hunt that was happening in plain sight. I think it's just for corporate suit events that we are not at, sadly. I hope hope that at least provides you some closure, even though I'm not 100% sure about it, but it's gotta be something like that. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. so much for listening and thank you to Charlie and Eva for coming back on the podcast to talk all about Duffy and Friends' new friend Lena Bell. You can find Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods but if you're on Apple feel free to leave a review leave us a little rating we'll we'll take we'll take your five stars they don't cost any real American dollars we just appreciate them and love a virtual thumbs up in the shape of a, a row of five stars that doesn't really make sense but you get it you get it you can find me Carly Wiesel at Carly Wiesel on Twitter and Instagram or my Facebook group The Fomily at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This podcast was edited sturdily by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hello. I'm sorry. I just always wanted to try that because it sounds so good when you do it. Okay, I know I say this every week, but this week was so, so good. Marie and you had the most intelligent conversation. I was fascinated by it. It is so wonderful. As you know, Soren is my favorite ride of all times. At first it was California, but then when Around the World came out, nothing tops this. Even though you know I'm a big big fan of It's a Small World. This is much, much better. It was so fascinating between the helicopters and people coming out of planes that got in their shoot. This is one great episode. I'm very proud of you, and it was really nice to hear from Marie. I just wanted to say the scariest part for me on Soren, and I still jump to this day and close my eyes, is the elephant. I don't know why, 
but you just never know what's going to come at you. It is such a fabulous ride. I'm such a big fan, and hearing about what's going on behind the scenes is just fascinating. So to wrap it up, I love you, and it was a great week, and call me. Love you. Bye.